It's time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 103. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and a very good evening to you all. It's Tuesday the 21st of June. I'm Ronan Berry and you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business on this, the longest day of the year. Hope your day has been going very well for you. Lots of hours of brightness left yet. So sit back, listen in over the next hour and find out how you can grow your business, how you might start a business, how you might find a new job and how you might even go and upskill or retrain in a whole new area because come over the show lots of content for you Shane Dempsey of the National Lottery will hear me talk about how 90% of the money from sales is reinvested in the community particularly via their good causes in 2021 alone there was 254 million euros reinvested back into your local communities and lots of local groups have benefited from that too so to find out more about what happens and how that good causes scheme is run Shane will kind of give us all the ins and outs of that and fear not he does not he will not be able to give you any lottery numbers before anybody texts in and asks um, I did ask him last night, but he wouldn't tell me. Anyway, if you do want to text me here in the show, 083 103 is the text and WhatsApp number. Ono O'Brien, the lifelong learning manager at the country's newest university, the South East Technological University, We'll be here also to talk because they've been awarded 9.9 million euros in Springboard Plus funding from the Higher Education Authority recently. They're members of the Leash Chamber and uh, they've got a range of courses available and they are looking for candidates for those courses too. And also, just before we came on air, I was handed a couple of bars of soap here in the studio. Now... I got a little bit shocked at first. So you might say, why is Ronan being given soap? I suppose it's the beauty of radio. You can only make up your own mind as to whether I need it or not. And yes, I've been wearing my awfully jersey for a couple of days over the weekend, given the highs of Friday in Thurles. Um, but no, the soap is not aimed at me, I think. Actually, it's because the Soap Sisters are here. It's a brand new business that was established in Port Leash very recently when two sisters spotted a gap in the market for soap because apparently during the pandemic, it was very hard to get your hands on good quality soap. So... What's the best response? Well, let's make our own. So later on, you'll meet those two sisters behind it. They've also availed of the Port Leash Vacant Commercial Property Incentive Scheme. So Caroline Hoffman from Leash Chamber will be here as well to give more details about that and to talk about businesses that have used it so far and indeed to tell you how you can get involved. It was a fantastic scheme when it was launched and it is really, really um, paying off now and, and it's great to see these new businesses establishing themselves in our regional towns. That's what we want. We need jobs. We need sustainable employment. We need new shops and new products. We need all the like to get us back to where we were and keep our great local areas booming as well. That text and WhatsApp number once again, 083 103. Always happy to hear your opinion and put your questions or opinions to tonight's guests on the show. If you have a, a topic or a story, business at midlands103.com is the email address and best for getting in touch with me on that. Always happy to hear what's going on in your area with your business or indeed with your career. Because when it comes to careers, it's such an important thing at the minute. And I mentioned their job creation and keeping people in the Midlands, letting people know that there are a huge amount of jobs available. In fact, there may be up to 500 jobs available in County Offaly alone. And that's because in, on the 2nd of July, the Offaly Job Fair is taking place in the Bridge House Hotel. Now, it's sponsored by a number of local organisations and the organisers are very, very busy at the minute recruiting companies to come in, employers in particular. And I'm delighted to be joined by Anthony Hanafy. Anthony is the CFO at Condren Concrete Limited in Tullamore. And as if he hadn't got enough to do, he's also the president of Tullamore Chamber. Anthony, very good evening. Welcome to Taking Care of Business. 
Thank you, Ronan. Anthony, this is kind of a first of its kind in terms of an awfully job fair. It's taken place on the 2nd of July. What can you tell us about it? Uh, I can just tell you that it's actually going to be in the Tullamore Court Hotel rather than the, rather than the Bridge House. house. Apologies. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, it's happening on 2nd July from uh, 10 o'clock in the morning to 6 in the evening in the Tullamore Court Hotel. Um, we have about 35, 30 to 35 employers uh, lined up at the moment. We, we're even signing up some today. Um, which, which in the region of 500 jobs uh, so we're, look, we think it's going to be great for the county And in terms of the employers that you've got in the cross section of the businesses because I mean there's such a vast range of businesses even in this county alone Yeah we're, we've, um, we've in all, all, all industries like hospitality pharma retail healthcare recruitment companies construction and then we have the, you know, the old reliables like Board Namona and the HSE as well Again, you get that kind of spread as well. Any kind of idea what type of roles are coming out? Anything that you're spotting that is, there's a big need, a big demand for people? Yeah, I suppose like the, we find on the construction side, it's all across the board. Like, you know, there's general operatives, welders, forklift drivers, technicians, quantity surveyors, carpenters and health and safety. Um, then then you have like in the likes of Bordemona engineers, uh, all the factories then seems to be kind of general operatives um, and healthcare um, seems to be a big one, you know, from nurses, support workers, occupational therapists. Um, and we actually find there's actually a few accountants across the board as well. There's a bit of something for, for everybody as well. I mean, you've exactly. touched on a kind of really expansive range of skills there from, I suppose, people with third level education right down to people maybe with apprenticeships done or people maybe who don't have a, a specific skill set but there can be a need there for it. Exactly and uh, they also, also to note on their own and we're going to have uh, uh, representatives there from the LOETB as well and TUS in, at, in Athlone uh, and they'll go through if, if any further education or any training courses that people might need. Yeah, because you have a number of sponsors, including both those organisations. Uh, you have the local enterprise office, Offaly, as well on board, and the Offaly Local Development Company. We do indeed. So, yeah, the, uh, and a big thank you to our sponsors uh, for all their time and support. So we have the LOETB, um, the local enterprise office, Offaly Local Development and TUS. And also a big thank you to the Rotary Club, who provided a lot of time and effort. And I know it's part of your parish, from your parish. Oh God, we won't talk about that now at the minutes as you um, no but that's great and it's, it's the first of its kind to try to get the get the yoke and it was from your own project were you pleasantly surprised to learn that there actually are that many jobs available in the county uh, yeah we um, last last September we'd done a bit of a tour around uh, Tullamore with the with the businesses to see what their what the, the issues were and we, we of course we expected more Covid related uh, issues but uh, the, the word coming back was basically lack of staff and very hard to get staff so we thought then between waiting, waiting between lockdowns and whatever and uh, more COVID uh, surges, uh, wh- what could we do? So the idea came up with, with the jobs fair then at that stage. And uh, we waited then until things died down in kind of around March, April time frame. And that's why we picked the 2nd of July. I know it doesn't suit everyone in terms of holidays, but we felt as well that a lot of people would, would be, you know, they were travelling up to Dublin. They might have been working remotely during the pandemic. Now they might be expected to go back to the office. They mightn't want to really go back. You know, they might like uh, living in our beautiful county down here in Offaly and they might want to stay and work here. So that's where that's why we came up. And the idea then was to run it, to do it as soon as possible. Um, we got kind of lucky there with the, the minor hurling. All Ireland is going to be on the Sunday now, so um, that won't... Uh, uh, clash with us but it's it's great that two great events are happening in, 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 in that weekend Yeah I can imagine what it was like when it was originally meant to be on on the Saturday alright it would have taken a fair pull let's say of people from it but uh, you know one thing it'll, it'll make a great weekend for people to be able to go to this and then go to the final the next day You mentioned there about remote working too and, and I guess one thing that a lot of us looked at maybe one outcome from the pandemic would be maybe more opportunity for remote
remote work. Will remote working roles feature in this job sir? They will indeed and uh, we've growremote.e signed up and they have, they have links with a number of um, um, companies um, for remote workers. So we're finding on that side of things there's a lot of software engineering jobs you know that basically people can work from anywhere. Um, so that's yeah, they're signed up. It's it's actually a very pleasant uh, surprise to actually find that we're get the jobs are actually coming up in all parts of the county. Uh, you know, for Edenderry, for Ban, Banner, Tullamore. You know, it's um, even even if it's, if it's like one company there, uh, Glass Innovations in Forban. I grew up in Forban myself, and when we were going up, there was you know Farman, Bordenamona, ESB, and it's great to see uh, new companies like this uh, coming coming in, especially in 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 that part of the county. And actively recruiting as well, and looking mm-hmm. looking for staff. Can businesses who might like to exhibit um, or to attend it can they register still? And indeed, if anybody's listening who wants to go to the job fair, how can they register to attend? Yeah. So the best thing is to go onto the Tullamore Chamber website. That's www.tullamorechamber.com. Um, and if any businesses still want to register, there's um, there's an application form there it has details of the jobs because we will be producing a booklet on the day uh, to give the job seekers. Uh, job seekers can also register the event as well, and that will just save them time when they actually arrive on the day if they register in advance if somebody didn't get a chance to register okay to turn up and just come in on the on the day they're they're fine as well we'll we'll be registering people on the day itself as well right so just a reminder that again that's the offley job fair in the tullamore court hotel on july saturday july the 2nd from 10 a.m to 6 p.m as anthony says there if you want to find out more tullamorechamber.com click on the link for offley jobs fair and that'll give you all the details you need including how to register anthony all the very best with it and uh, thank you for coming in this evening thank you ron and there you go 500 jobs at least available in offley and really interested to hear how remote jobs are playing a key part of that too. Stay tuned. After the break, you're going to meet the sisters who have just set up a new business in Leash and it's quite likely they will create employment in the not-too-distant future too. As I mentioned, they availed of the vacant commercial property scheme and uh, this is really a great case study and an example of what can be done when various organisations come together. And then, of course, you're going to find out how, if you played a lotto, how your money actually gets returned into the community and you will find out if they, what they say on those TV adverts is actually true, that if it is 90%, um, be talking to their head of communications in just a little while on the show. Lots to come. Talk to you all very shortly. Still to come on taking care of business, Ireland's newest technological university has opened down in the southeast, and the head of lifelong learning will be along to talk about the range of courses they will have available thanks to 9.9 million euros worth of springboard funding that they have just been awarded. And also you'll find out how money that people pay to buy lottery tickets and to play the national lotto, how about 90% of that is reinvested back into the community in a number of ways. Lots to come here on Taking Care of Business. Please, you can text and keep your text coming in on 083 If you want to get me business at midlands103.com is the email address. Now, let's cast our mind back a little bit towards the days of lockdown and supply chain issues. And imagine this, we, we all discovered certain products seemed to disappear off our shelves and became quite difficult to get. One, apparently, such product was soap. So what's the best way to respond to that? Well, how about why not start making your own? Why not then turn that into a business? Why not take a new store at 82 Main Street, Port Leash and open up that very new business? Well, that is kind of roughly the story behind S&S Soap Sisters. They're going to be joined now by Sam and Sinead. And they're the people who founded this business. A very good evening, ladies. Can it, whoever wants to start off, how did you just take it from missing, not having soap to deciding to create a business out of it? Hi, Ronan. Yeah, we... Um I suppose we were all sick of making banana bread and putting on weight over lockdown. Um, so we had a few glasses of wine one night after we did our food shop and couldn't get soap anywhere. So we said, uh, surely it's not that hard to make a bit of soap. And uh, we uh, studied a few YouTube videos and some research online and started 
buying the ingredients and um, yeah, just started from there then and started experimenting and now we have a massive range of products. Yes, and then a family friend made our website and it just all went from there really and now we're so, so lucky to have our own store and we're doing our best to create an empire. (laughs) (laughs) I always have to pull business people and entrepreneurs on this to make it sound too easy and too simple as well. Um, to go and turn this into a business at first, you were you were working. Someone, one of you lost a job. Was it you, Sam, that lost a job? Yeah, that was me. Yeah. Was it yourself? Yeah. What, what kind of area were you working in? Uh, hospitality. So okay. It was a fabulous restaurant called uh, Tynan's in Portlaoise, um, big loss to the town. Um, so yeah, so um, I didn't know what to do with myself. Obviously, we were all in lockdown, so there was nothing we could do at the time. Um, started selling our little bits to friends and family on Facebook and. Online just absolutely took off with the help of friends and family and um, then you couldn't see anyone or give anyone a hug so um, we did lovely care packs that people could post directly to friends' houses when they weren't feeling well and um, yeah, we just haven't stopped since. And what sort of products do you make? So we uh, do soap, we do uh, soya candles, we do reed diffusers, bath salts, body scrubs, lip balms, bath bombs. Try not to forget any. The list goes on. Yeah, the list goes on. There's We're still creating new products, <laughs> yeah. so there's more to be added. And what's the big differentiator? What sets your soaps apart from anybody else's? So we try to just bring everything back uh, to natural products. I know a lot more people are conscious about what they're putting on their skin nowadays. Uh, so we're really conscious about that and just keeping everything natural and good for the skin. So when it came to the R&D phase, looking into recipes, you mentioned YouTube videos. How do you then go about looking at you know, getting the, the raw materials needed, actually carrying out those trials and then coming up with the final product? Because I'm sure you have to go through many iterations in terms of you know, scent, in terms of how it works, in terms of its actual structure and make sure it stays together and all that. So like how long, how long a process was that? It wasn't that long, actually, was it? Yeah, I guess it was just trial and error, really, and getting friends and family to test certain ones out, and everyone's coming into the house and you're asking them to smell your scents. And <laughs> yeah. So production at the minute is between the shop and it started off at home, was it? Yeah, in the kitchen. So my poor husband came home from work every day, going, "So is there a stew on, or am I going to assume that you're making candles again tonight?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. It's candles on the stove." So um, yeah, we're hoping um, we we have a back room in our uh, new shop, so we're hoping to turn that completely into our um, workshop. Our, yeah. And again, it's quite it's quite interesting to hear how a business such as yours has got the online platform, you know, indeed for the online sales, but actually now is kind of reverting back to that traditional bricks and mortar because maybe during the pandemic we might have thought, nope, online is really the only way to go and it probably would have been quite easy to stay making it maybe at home and just do online sales. Mm. When it came to looking at the shop as well, what was it that maybe, I suppose, piqued your interest and, and why did you look at an actual physical outlet? Um, we looked at a physical um, shop. Um, I wanted it, We wanted to stay online, but I suppose when lockdown restrictions started easing up, everyone kind of stopped with the online. Um, so we started doing a few markets around. There's fabulous markets, Solace in Port Arlington, do Mountain View in Ballyhale and Kilkenny. And um, yeah, we found that those were really working for us. So we were like, why can't we do it every day? So um, we were looking around and saw a few spots around 
um, Port Leash, where we live, and we saw a fabulous incentive scheme sticker on the window and applied, and uh, we were approved. So it's been a great initiative to get us where we are now. That vacant commercial property incentive um, was that did that allow you to get this shop? Like, would it have been maybe would it have been possible without it? Do you think, or was it something that just when you saw the scheme, you said that's going to be a big boost for our business? Yeah, definitely a big boost, and I think anyone with a small business that thinks they might want um, a shopfront definitely to apply for it because they give great incentives um, that could benefit your business that I you suppose, might be able to and do it, it all. benefits business and gives you know entrepreneurs like yourselves that opportunity to open up that bricks and mortar store as well on the high street of, of our main towns around the Midlands too which has to be commended but I'm going to bring in uh, Caroline Hoffman the CEO of Lease Chamber here too because this scheme was launched just a few months back Caroline and I know there was a big kind of media campaign around at the time but you certainly seem to be having great success with it like again not just with, with Sam and Sinead but you've had plenty of other businesses too that have availed of it take us through the key points that scheme. So we, we launched in March when SNS Soap Sisters, I believe, were only turning two um, and we're delighted to say that SNS Soap Sisters are the very first business to open in Port Leash, having availed of the scheme. So there's 11 potential grant supports and training opportunities within the scheme. Um, Port Leash is currently the pilot town, but it is going to be rolled out to other areas of the county in the coming weeks and months, which we're really looking forward to. Um, so we'd encourage anybody, if you see the posters on the window or if you see the details on the leash.ie website for Leash County Council, do get in touch with the business support unit. Do get in touch with the local enterprise office. You might not be able to avail of all of the, the incentives if you're an existing business, but you might be avail- be able to avail of many of them. And there are fantastic opportunities, you know, the shop front grant improvement scheme, the business incentive scheme, which is a rates reduction over three years, the facade enhancement, the shop fit out, which I'm sure was very useful. Um, to Samantha and Sinead and I popped into their shop last Monday when you just opened and it's fantastic it smells amazing it looks amazing mm. spoil yourself go over there there's something for everyone um, and I think your unit was empty for three years so yeah. it's great to see uh, properties like that being used and you know your shop front looks amazing it's bright it stands out um, and there's so much footfall you know around Port Leash so it's great to see that and on behalf of the Chamber and on behalf of the Business Support Unit the very best of luck and Congratulations. Thank you. And it's something too, I'm sure, if, you know, another retailer and their business come along they see there's a bit of vibrancy in the street again and there's there's opportunities with incentives like that too. It's surely going to attract more and uh, you can see by your face, Caroline, it's very satisfying, I'd say, for yourself as CEO of the Chamber to see that coming back into the town centre as well. Um, and again, fantastic scheme there, as you mentioned, 11 supports that are potentially available, um, all of which would make a huge difference to it. So back to Sam and Sinead, when it comes to your own product then, looking at things like, say, the sourcing of raw materials, the package and all that, what sort of effort do you make on that? Is sustainability a big thing for you? Yeah, so I suppose we try to use as little as plastic as possible. We try to source everything in Ireland. Um, sometimes it's not possible with everything, but we have a huge supplier um, in Ireland that we use for most of our raw materials. Is that, and you see as well, like, you know, your customer, your target customer base, are they also seeking information on that, on things like packaging and your own kind of, you know, your commitment to sustainability and recycling? Yes, I would say people are a lot more conscious these days when it comes to uh, your packaging and keeping everything eco-friendly and vegan. Um, most of our products would be vegan, so we uh, try to go for that. Was that a, a niche area or was vegan soap readily available before you started producing it? Um, surprisingly, um, 
Not all of it is vegan. So um, a lot of research that we did over COVID, um, we'd rather go down that natural route rather than adding bits and bobs to it. So that could harm your skin. So, um, yeah, that was a big... Big plus as well. (laughs) I'm going to take you back to that R&D phase again. Surely stuff went wrong at some stages. Come on, kitchens must have blown up. Pots exploded. <laughs> it can't be that simple. I'm, 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 I'm trying to unearth something else here now. Did you know? How did it try? Like, did you fight over recipes? Like, who decides the scent? Who decides the color of these soaps? Or are you just? It's perfectly in harmony on this. I think for our soaps, we keep them all with a white base just because we want them to be as natural as possible. And then sometimes we'll add like our dried flowers and stuff like that. But Sam is really the more creative one. So um, I'm just going along with it. <laughs> You're very patient, to be fair with me. <laughs> well, in fairness, uh, you're the one who made the statement about pretty much global domination. So what, what happens yeah. next for, for SNS Soap Sisters? <laughs> Um, so look, hopefully we'll see how um, the shop goes over the next year and who knows, we could have another shop opening nearby or we could go to a different city and open a shop. Um, who knows what's next? Well, I think after um, what's happened in, in, in two short years as well and all stemming from a lack of soap on the supermarket shelves, it's a fantastic story and one that's going to give give an awful lot more. Uh, Samantha and Sinead from SNS Soap Sisters, thank you so much for popping in this evening and uh, definitely looking forward to dropping to that shop at some stage in the near future. Caroline, I'm going to come back to you as well. Um, what's going to pipeline for Leash Chamber over the next couple of weeks? Well, we're getting very busy for our uh, Leash Chamber Awards uh, taking place on the 4th of November in the Heritage in Kilnard. So preparations are well underway for that with nominations opening up on the 11th of July. We have our Golf Classic also coming up um, on the 14th of September. So again, really looking forward to that great day out playing in the Heritage Golf Resort, followed by a, a delicious meal. Um, it's always a popular event. It's third year we're running it and we were very fortunate to run it even during covid um, and we also have our monthly networking and our next networking event is actually uh, Thursday 30th of June from 8.30 to 9.30am in Sullis. So David Maher will be hosting there and we're really looking forward to it. It's an amazing place and they have so many more plans for the future. So we're delighted to be going out there. Absolutely. I met David recently just, just in Sullis having a bit of lunch one day and you can just see like he's brimming like and you can see the ideas are just flowing through them as well and there's no stopping them out there it really is becoming a it's a fantastic destination for everybody as well Caroline thank you so much for taking the time again this evening and for popping over to us that's Caroline Hoffman there the CEO of Lease Chamber and uh, Sam and Sinead from S&S Soap Sisters it makes it sound it's so, it, it just sounds so easy doesn't it it can't be that easy I know it's not but you can see by them here they're absolutely really enjoying themselves and uh, I think there's absolutely no stopping them as well so all the very best for that in the future and, and from here on in and uh, if you do want to find out more information about that uh, vacant commercial property incentive scheme just look up leashchamber.com or .ie and uh, you'll get all the information that you want there or get in touch with them as well now stay tuned after break we're going to be talking all things National Lottery Talk to you very shortly. Coming up a little bit later, the newest technological university in the country has been awarded 9.9 million euros worth of Springboard Plus funding. Find out the type of courses and the range of areas of study that you can participate in down there very, very shortly. But first, the National Lottery is, is state-owned and has been operated on behalf of the state by Premier Lotteries Ireland since 2014. And you've probably seen the recent ads on television and heard them across your radio station too, that they claim to put 90% of the revenue from sales back into the local communities around the country. Shane Dempsey is Director of Communications, Corporate, Government Relations, Public Affairs at the National Lottery. Shane, surely that 90%, that figure, it cannot be true. 
<laughs> you're kind of uh, copying a rad uh, where there's a bit of disbelief from that thing. <laughs> the lie detector there, but, uh, machine is out, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I, ha- I have that in my office uh, and it's on the whole time. No, but uh, that's that's the, the figure. Uh, when you look at the analysis of our sales, uh, which would be very significant this year, that we were approaching a billion last year um, and, and could be over a billion this year. Um, you see that it's stipulated in the license that a certain proportion of all of those sales has has to go to prizes, good causes, uh, and our retailer network. So that equates to ninety percent of of all all money generated through auto sales through all our products uh, going back into the community. So that breaks down at fifty eight percent in prizes. So that's the prize money you see in the celebrations we make about lottery millionaires there's been over 20 already this year and that that's that money there 27 percent goes to good causes and that breaks down to supporting about four thousand good causes and that means organizations sporting bodies uh, charities and community groups that go, breaks down to about four thousand of those groups supported annually on average and then the final little piece on that 90 percent is five percent goes to our retailer network and not a lot of people realize it but we have a a retail network of five and a half almost five and a half thousand retailers around the country and again that's kind of stipulated in our in our license and that we have to make the product available to the widest range uh, of people in the community because that backs up our overall strategy which is um, getting a lot of people to play a small safe sustainable amount um, whereas other organisations in the gaming and gambling industry um, uh, work on selling as much as possible to a certain cohort of people, we try and spread spread the uh, spread the sales across all uh, all, all society. Uh, and we think we succeeded at that because we have over 1.4 million people who regularly play lottery games uh, and we're very proud of that so we're proud that we get 90% back into the community Uh, 10% uh, obviously goes to running costs and profit uh, and goes to our shareholders uh, who are the uh, Ontario Pension uh, Teachers Pension Fund on post and the on post pension fund so even within that 10% some money is going back into community um, it going into salaries going into taxation and so on so so overall we're very proud of that 90% uh, statement um, and we hope people will believe it and will uh, will take it on board well, I think yeah if people just check out on the lottery website there and see where some of the, the finalists and the good causes for this year are there's a lot of them across Lee Shoffey and Westmead too and I'm sure many people listening their, their groups will be likely to benefit from those good causes too yeah. but you mentioned interesting there about the five and a half thousand retailers has the lottery remained very much a game that people like to play physically in the shop in, in spite of the app that's now available oh yeah hugely hugely I was very surprised when I started in the role um, that maybe 80% of our sales are still through um, physical retailers. So this is very much a game that people, it's a tactile game. People like to buy a, a scratch card and give it as a present. They like to do a scratch card themselves. They like to pick their own numbers. You know, there's a kind of almost a ceremony to it. Um, and it's it's very much about how people engage with the product as well. They walk into, our research shows that people will walk into a shop 
um, and they will be thinking of their weekly shop and they'll go, I must get a lottery ticket as well. And, you know, it's part of their weekly shop um, and retail engagement. So retailers are hugely important to us um, and we, we, we try to keep that network cultivated and healthy. It's a good uh, product for it's a good product for retailers as well because people do come into the shop to buy lottery tickets and when they do so they also uh, shop and, and buy other things and because our price and uh, the prices uh, of our of lottery tickets are set uh, with our regulator there's no price increases despite the cost of living increases that we're hearing and all sorts of other uh, products and services across the economy so yeah retail physical retail is hugely important to us um, um, as, as is our online but but it's still very much uh, retail stores and outlets around the country. So about 10% of sales, as you said, go into paying for operations and administration and, of course, towards profit. But when it comes to it, like, how do you describe the National Lottery? What sector is it in? How do you easily pin? Is it just gaming? Is it gambling? Where do you, where do you see it? Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's such a vast uh, uh, product and such a, uh, an important brand. It's hard to put it into any category. What, what I'd say is it's a technology platform that sells a gaming product of chance uh, through a physical, in many cases, through physical retailers um, with uh, its own regulator uh, monitoring and regulating uh, every single thing that the that the lottery does. So we as PLI are the the stewards of a national asset. Um, we bought the license for it, or we purchased the license for it in 2014. So so it's a very kind of complex uh, uh, brand and product, and everybody knows it, and lots of people play it. So as a result, everybody has an opinion on it. But it's it's huge fun, and I have to say, I really enjoy working in it, partially because of the uh, the uh, impact on good causes that I see every day. I have the the, uh, the joy, I suppose, or the benefit of meeting good causes uh, uh, fairly regularly to talk to them about the work they do. And some of them, and you've mentioned them in the Good Causes Awards across uh, Leash and Offaly, um, have done huge, I mean, have done huge, uh, huge good in their community. Since 1987, um, the lottery has raised over six billion for good causes. Um, and that's about 4,000 groups per year, I mentioned. So imagine over that 35 years, the impact of, of all of those community groups and sporting bodies and GAA clubs and the impact they've had on people's lives. Like, there, there wouldn't be communities without them. So it's it's a huge personal kind of uh, um, positive to be working with the, with the lottery uh, and having such a purpose in your everyday work, you know? Because Kieran Mullooly was on the show with me a couple of months back speaking about the Access for All boat they have and it also featured heavily on the TV campaigns. So there's some fantastic causes out there too. When it comes to selecting the good causes, how did it come onto your radar first? Can people actually apply to be a good cause or have you got a team that are scouting for these? Well, uh, it's one of the things I was going to mention to you that that despite the fact that maybe 34% of all money flowing to charities in Ireland last year um, came from National Lottery funding, and that's coming from a report from a group called Benefax. Um, 
not a lot of people know that it's national lottery funding. So, so there's athletes out there, there's charity groups, there's there's people winning gold medals, uh, and you know, um, with their fighting uh, at a global level and playing sport at a global level, that mightn't even realise they've received national lottery funding or funding that originated from the national lottery. So, what happens is our uh, our annual sales or our uh, weekly sales are uh, provided back to the government and then the exchequer distributes that money through uh, a couple of government departments across seven uh, different areas, including sports, youth, well-being and so on. But very often, maybe 80% of the cases, the money isn't identified as national lottery. So that's one thing we're working on and we want to build a connection, I suppose, between ourselves and our community and the retailers who help generate those sales. Yeah, because in last year alone, I think 253.6 million euro was allocated towards the good cause, as you said, to be for 27% of the sales for that year. So we're talking significant funding there. So definitely something worth shouting about. But Shane, you touched on it there a little bit earlier in the interview too, that you mentioned about, you know, the purpose of the lottery is to raise money for good causes whilst protecting people playing its game. And that has to be a huge area for an organisation such as the National Lottery to make sure that people play fairly within their own means. What sort of steps do you take to control that? And I know there's other sectors that maybe there there isn't as much control on the level to which somebody can gamble. Yeah, look, we it's one of the key things that um, we really uh, have to focus on. We would anyway, but it's also very much a condition of the licence that we uh, ensure that um, anyone playing our games does so in a safe environment. So we have a series of player protection mechanisms and a framework um, that uh, is just simply uh, uh, apples and oranges compared to some other organisations that that operate uh, in uh, the gambling and gaming sector. Like we have uh, daily spend limits. Uh, We're not allowed, there's no credit cards online. Uh, yeah, people would say this to me in a complaining kind of way. You can't play on the on the online app after uh, after eleven p.m. Um, and that's to prevent nighttime playing when people are maybe less uh, aware of what they're doing. You know, we have ID verification, uh, take a break options, and if there are issues uh, with our online gaming um, levels and people are approaching limits in some cases, then our player protection team internally will call will suggest breaks, will ask the person, you know, um, about their situation and will advise them on how they might deal with with any issues they're having. So, look, it's a key thing we focus on to differentiate ourselves from the other uh, other operators in, in this jurisdiction and in this uh, sector because it's absolutely critical. And, again, our, our overall strategy is to get lots of people playing uh, small amounts and I think like just the sheer volume of, of people playing shows that we're we're achieving that goal um and we're we're very proud of that. But yes, it's it's absolutely an area um that, that we have to focus on to maintain that kind of clear blue water between ourselves and other other organizations in the uh in the sector. And I suppose that's evidenced by the fact that the uh, gambling regulation um that the uh that the government are considering uh, in that case, they didn't feel that, that we needed to be included in that because we have our own regulation at the moment. We have very strict guidelines. So, um, so look, we, we, we've taken that as a big responsibility and we take it, uh, we take it as such, you know. 
Absolutely. Look, and the, the money is there to be seen for the good cause as well. Uh, Shane Dempsey, Director of Communications National Lottery, thank you so much for take, coming on with me this evening. No problem. Anytime. Thank you, Ron. And just a quick look at some of those good causes that have been selected here across the Midlands in the Arts and Culture section, in Offaly, the Scripps Ireland's Playwriting Festival, in the Community section, in Leash, the Camaros Parish Development Association, in Westmeath, the Atlone River Safety Awareness, in the Health and Wellbeing section, in Leash again, Leash Domestic Abuse Service. So they're the very causes that Shane Dempsey was alluding to there. Shane, of course, is the Director of Communications at National Lottery. So 90% of the money goes back into the local community and uh, that's going to continue and long may it do so and keep supporting those good causes. After break, if you're looking at upskilling and you're in the kind of southern part of Leinster, the Ireland's newest technological university has just been established and the manager of the Lifelong Learning Department at Southeast Technological University will be along with the range of courses that they have available thanks in no parts to the 9.9 million euros of Springboard Plus funding that they've just been awarded. That's coming very shortly. The Springboard Plus Upskilling Initiative offers free or heavily subsidised courses at certificate, degree and master's level and they can often lead to qualifications in areas where there are employment opportunities in our economy and in particular in our local economy. Now, the Ireland's newest technological university has just been awarded 9.9 million euros of Springboard Plus funding. So I'm delighted to be joined now by Owen O'Brien and Owen is the Lifelong Learning Manager. Owen, this is the newest uh, technological university in the country. Can you tell us briefly how that came about? Yeah, good evening, Ron, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I suppose it's it's been well flagged at, at, at this stage that I suppose there, want, there was consolidation that was taking place in the higher education sector. So we wanted to, um, I suppose, bring, um, I suppose, the Institutes of Technology had kind of there being an element of mission creep across the um, across the sector. So we were increasingly doing things that the universities were doing and the universities were increasingly doing things that the Institute of Technology were doing. So the 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 um the, the idea behind it was to kind of create these technological universities which are more in keeping with, with our um uh where the direction in which we've gone in. So it's a very exciting opportunity for um for for the, the Southeast and the Midlands. And of course the recent announcement as well of nine point nine million euros worth of a springboard funding plus is particularly relevant to your own department, the lifelong learning. Um, and as a faculty, of course, you're members of Lease Chamber. So what kind of courses and what kind of um, opportunities are there for anyone listening? Yeah, so look, I think you, you, you spoke very eloquently yourself about it a couple of minutes ago. Springboard is, is an absolutely fantastic initiative. It it really reduces and, and, and eliminates in many cases the financial barrier to access and higher education. Uh, for part-time students. So typically with, with Springboard, um, nearly all programs are, are part-time. They have to be they have to be less than 17 hours per week in terms of, of, of um, face-to-face or, or online delivery. So most of our programs are designed in a very accessible manner so that people can, can get access to higher education um, in, in a way that they can fit around their personal and professional commitments. So, um, as you stated, we've we've been awarded 9.9 million over the next um, three years with our colleagues um, in, in Waterford. Um, so we've four campuses: one in, in in Carlow, obviously, one in Waterford, one in Wexford, one in Wicklow. So we've quite a, a wide geographic spread. But I think that the, the key thing to get out there, Ronan, is really that there's this fund of money and. Um, it's really important that people log on to the Springboard Courses website, look at the, the types of opportunities that are, are there, identify the ones that best meet their, their personal and professional 
um, uh, I suppose, requirements and, and put the application in. Um, it's very straightforward to make an application. And I think, uh, I, I, I suppose, because of the COVID pandemic, increasingly colleges have adopted an online and blended uh, blended model. So there's, uh, it's become an even more flexible way to obtain a qualification. And I think, look, it's lifelong learning and part-time learning. It's, it's become an economic imperative. Um, the concept of a job for life really no longer exists, uh, will increasingly change career direction. Uh, and one of the easiest ways to demonstrate to an employer, um, whether it's your current employer or future employers, is to look at obtaining a form of qualification uh, across a, a range of areas. Um, uh, and I think that's the, the appeal I would be making to people is, is, is to try and, and identify the, the course that best suits your, your needs. Any particular areas of study or any courses that are would be kind of signature or stand out from from the from the technological university? Yeah, I suppose uh, in terms of the, the Carlow, Wicklow, and Wexford campuses, we've, we've uh, six math, fully funded masters programs. So we've a masters in supply chain, which you know is is very much um, front and centre at the moment. An awful lot of the issues that are out there in the world at the moment is is caused by supply chain issues and. Um, I suppose it's become a hugely prevalent area and has probably been one of our most popular programs. Then we have an MSc in pharmaceutical regulatory affairs, a medical device regulatory affairs, two separate master's programs. We have a master's in uh, cybersecurity, privacy and trust, which will be offered completely online. Uh, and again, very relevant and topical in, in the modern economy. We have a brand new master's of science in environmental health and safety management which looking at, at the volume of applications coming in is by far our most popular program. Um, and we have um, a range for higher diploma programs, which are essentially conversion courses. So we have one in computing, uh, which will start in January 2023, and that's delivered over two years. Uh, so for anybody who's looking to get into the ICT sector, which is, 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 is booming at the moment, and has been for a large number of years, that's a, a gateway qualification into that area. We have a higher diploma in supply chain management, higher diploma in digital media design and, and digital marketing with analytics. And then we have a couple of certificates in uh, building information modeling and construction project management aimed at those working in the construction sector. We have um, a certificate in energy sustainability and energy management, which is aimed at, at the, the green skills and the green skills agenda for, for the economy. So it's quite a diverse offering. And, um, it I really is the the hall marketing of the Springboard Plus Two. It, it it's there. It's reactive. It's it's trying to match what the industry need with available potential talent there too. And and even the course you're listing. I mean, every one of them sounds topical with what businesses are facing. But uh, very briefly, on just there are some virtual open ev- evenings taking place this week. Yeah. So every evening from uh, seven o'clock to eight o'clock, um, if you log on to the IT Carlo SET website. Um, um, if you go into the, the open evenings, there's a link there that, that people can click on. So from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock, we give a very brief presentation about the faculty, about how to apply for our programmes. And then we, we try and leave the bulk of it there for a Q&A session at the end. Uh, and we'll have further open days in, in August on our Carlo campus that um, anybody who's listening to your show, if they want to come along to a physical event, um, they're more than welcome to meet us there. Well, it certainly sounds like uh, the future of Springboard Plus is um, is bright indeed, a huge amount of funding as well. And congratulations to everyone involved, I suppose, on the formation of the latest technological university. Owen, thank you so much for taking time this evening. 
Thanks for your time, Ronan. I appreciate it. Owen O'Brien, of course, is the Lifelong Learning Manager at the South East Technological University. And um, that virtual um, evening that Owen mentioned as well, it is taking place across a number of higher edu- education institutes as well. Um, likewise, across in Athlone, in two staff, there is a virtual online information evening taking place tomorrow night. That's Wednesday the 22nd. Again, similar time, 7pm to 9pm via Zoom. So should you or a colleague or friend wish to consult with any of the academic team in the faculty in relation to potential programme you are considering, then they will be available as well to access the virtual online opening evening simply click on www.aitflexiblelearning.ie or www.toost.ie forward slash flexible and you'll be directed into the appropriate live room as well so as I say particularly in the whole area of lifelong learning everything is going online it's going digital it's going Zoom it's going Teams whatever else and such is the demand I suppose from students and participants and it gives great opportunity for people to go and to upskill and one thing for sure is the Department of Education and Business and Trade and Employment are really back in these courses with so much funding thank you for listening this evening hopefully you've learned something hopefully there's a new opportunity there for you be it a bit of education a new job at the Offaly Job Fair that's taken place on the 2nd of July. Maybe you want to set up your own business like SNS Soap Sisters did, and or else you're a lottery player and now you've found out where your money goes back in the community. Stay safe. Talk to you next week at 7. Returns next Tuesday at 7 pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly, and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business.